It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland Sports Show starts now. Booyah! Happy Friday, Northeast Ohio, and wherever you may be watching us from. We are on WKYC, and in the next 30 minutes, we're going to talk Browns, Cavs, and Guardians. We're going to discuss whether or not the win total for the Guardians is properly set. Bull. I'm Adam the Bull, and from almost fired to coach of the year, we'll get into the Cavs in a little bit. Gee. And I'm G. Bush, the fifth member of Jagged Edge, and I will tell you today, <laughs> not only why Taylor Swift will be showed a lot, but Patrick Mahomes lives in immortality now after he wins the Super Bowl. Ooh. And I'm Mikey McNuggets. The Browns have made a ton of coaching staff changes this offseason, but are they upgrades, downgrades, or are the Browns in the same spot? find out in just a few minutes yeah this is exciting because usually our wkyc show up to now has been all brown centric yeah the super bowl is coming up but it's fun to now we're we're adding a little bit of all three teams we're going to talk guardians we're going to talk Cavs, and of course we will sneak in some browns i want to start with the cavaliers because the narrative the first month of the season was when does jb get fired (laughs) jb bickerstaff famously knocked out of the first round of the playoffs last year when he had a great regular season, over 50 wins for the Cavs. Now he's actually being mentioned as one of the front runners for coach of the year. As they say, life comes at you fast. Should J.B. Bickerstaff be considered or be the front runner for coach of the year in the NBA? Well, listen, I'd have to say yes at this point. I was one of those guys that was looking around saying, okay, well, JB, how many ticking time bomb? You know, you talk about the individuals that people say, look, hey, we're not getting what we wanted out of it. You look at Donovan Mitchell. He looks like he's upset a little bit. But now you take a look at JB. Changes the way the offense rocks and rolls. They they go one, one in, four out. They shoot a lot of threes. The pace is up. Uh, I just think he, he's done a tremendous job in, in, in changing the identity of this team. And uh, they did a lot of three big, you know, centers, seven-footers and stuff like that. Now they're going to the shooting lineups. Uh, Okoro has improved. You look at Donovan Mitchell playing like an MVP. He's playing like he, he's a guy that, that is a second-team, first-team all-NBA type guy. And the way that Evan Mobley has come back off injury and Jared Allen has played all year, I hate to say it, but uh, JB is doing a masterful job, Bull, and I think it continues throughout the uh, after the All-Star break. He certainly deserves consideration, but in the end, the Cavs, part of the reason we're saying it is because they were so bad early in the season, and that's part of this year, too. I think right now I'd have to lean towards, I don't even, I'll be honest, I don't even know his name, the coach in Minnesota. Chris because Finch. Who had them this year? I mean, they're tied for the best record in the league or in the Western Conference. And they were nowhere last year. Like, I know Oklahoma City is good for the first time in a while, but people saw Oklahoma City coming with all the young guys they had put together. 
Minnesota feels more out of left field, whereas the Cavs were the four seed last year. Certainly, if Bickerstaff wins, great. He deserves 100% to be in the conversation, but I would go with Chris Finch in Minnesota. Yeah, is it Mark Dagnall? Is that how yeah. he says his last Correct. name? I, I think that yeah. I, you're right. I think there was expectations in Oklahoma City, but I was reading up on this question because, I, like you, I'm like, you know, I don't even know. I haven't given that much thought this yeah. year. I did think about Finch in Minnesota. What OKC is doing is, and Mike, you'll appreciate this, they're running some concepts that you don't see all over the NBA. And he, it's kind of like it's he's the brainchild of them. Or at least he's the guy that's brought it into the association. So I don't know if he's I don't know if he's gonna end up winning the award, but I just don't think I can give it to a guy who last year finished with fifty yeah, wins and yeah. was run in the first round of the playoffs. I need to see him do something he hasn't done before, and that's win in the playoffs. The coach in LKC, let's take a look at this. You lose just a couple years ago, but you lose Durant. You lose Westbrook. Oh, decimated. You lose Harden. You lose Chris Paul. You lose Paul George. You, you, you lose all of these guys that, that were staples of your, your organization, and they kept. They always look like they were on the losing end of the stick. They get the picks and they draft picks, but you get Shay Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Um, you, you, you're able to, to get you know, guys like Chad Holmgren, and now all of a sudden, you're in first place. And, and it's, it's like, trust the process. Yes, we lost a lot of guys, but they've done a good job drafting, and they got a lot of assets, and I, I really think they, two, they're up there, too. Sorry, G, two other guys real quick that deserve consideration, our old buddy Ty Lu. Yes. He's done a great job with a lot of veterans in, in L.A., and Thibodeau's done a great job with the Knicks. They've had a lot of injuries, and they're right there with the Cavs. Uh, Mike, we got to get your thoughts on this. You're the basketball mind here. Um, who's the coach of the year in your view? If I had to give it a one right now, I think Thibodeau's five. And I think the other four on that list all have compelling cases to be wow. number one. I would go with Finch just because, to what Bull said, Minnesota had the lowest expectations. They've kind of exceeded in there two years ahead of their own timeline. But Dagnall and OKC has revolutionized offensive basketball with how OKC's playing. They're playing with a big who weighs 183 pounds. It's unbelievable. They can't rebound, and yet they aren't getting destroyed on the glass every night. Now, is that transferable to the playoffs? We'll see. Yeah. It didn't work last year. I know, it did not. We'll see if it happens, but uh, J.B. Bickerstaff, you know, we talked about, he was on the hot seat every game earlier in the season. They he were 13-12 and 12 on December 15th. I Since think then, the, they're 21-4. and four. You know, We did this with the Browns, an MVP, most valuable person. I don't think Kobe Altman has got his just due for the moves he made in the offseason. It was clear after watching them in the playoffs, they were one-dimensional and they lacked shooters. They're not anymore. And he he made not massive moves, but he made the right moves. And I think Kobe Altman has done a tremendous job in getting this team back to where we need them to be. And avoided the pressure from the fan base that that wanted them to make wholesale changes. He did. Instead, he fixed the margins, and it's worked. Yeah, it has worked. All right, let's move it to the Cleveland Browns. It's set now. The 2024 coaching staff, a lot of turmoil for a team that went 11-6 and and made the playoffs, particularly on the offensive side. But obviously, you lose your defensive coordinator because he wants to go coach with his son. But now everybody is in place. Dickerson was the last hire as the offensive line coach. Is this coaching staff, as you look at that, better, worse, or the same they were a year ago? I, I got to say worse at the moment, and now they'll have a chance to prove me wrong. And it, First of all, we don't, we don't know. There's a lot of these guys, you know, how, how do we know how good they are? Right. But I thought the coaching staff as a whole did a tremendous job last year. And I know Alex Van Pelton called plays, but he was a key 
guy working with Kevin Stefanski. And from what we've heard since, he was a very important guy in that building. And the guy you replaced him with, I'm not saying he won't be good. He might be very good. Right. But he did just get fired last year in the middle of the season. So, essentially, he was to bl- they were blaming him for the failures of an offense that had one of, if not the best quarterback, besides Patrick Mahomes, in football. So, I, I can't, there's no way I can say it's better right now. It might turn out to be, but right now I can't say it's better. No way. I, I mean, I really couldn't say any of three. I just think it's different. I, I think, that, and that's what they wanted. They want it different. Like, you know, when we came into this offseason, um, the reality was donorship and, and the people in charge said, hey, we like what you guys did this year. We don't think it's replicatable. We don't. We thought we think you caught lightning in a bottle. And the reality is, we need an offense that is tailored to Deshaun Watson. And I think that was their number one goal. And their number one goal to do that, they went out and tried to find a guy uh, that was able to to translate that to wins and losses, and, and making sure that Deshaun plays better. And and I think in year three. I think the patience has wore a little thin with, you know, waiting till tomorrow, waiting the next week, waiting till we get it together. And now it's been three years since you've gotten Deshaun Watson. And I think ownership wants Deshaun Watson to look a lot more like C.J. Stroud, look a lot more like Josh Allen, look a lot more like Patrick Mahomes rather than a rookie or a guy that's still ramping up. And I think they, they hope that Dorsey can get him to that point. And if, he, and if they do get him to that point, it's a, it's a big – they, they win the war, they win award. You clap it up for them. However, the pressure is on, you know, Jay, if they don't get it done. Yeah, you're exactly right. The pressure is as high as it's been in the Stefanski era. Um, I, I can't say they're better because I don't know the answer to the biggest question. Who's calling the plays? Right. Well, we, we've all ignored offensive line, which obviously, no matter no, how good Andy Ed Dickerson is, that's he's a not downgrade. Callahan. I mean, yeah. that, that is yeah. definitively yeah, yeah, a downgrade, yeah. and it's not a knock on Andy. No, he might it's be. It's just. You're replacing the best to do it. Right. So, in my view, though, the biggest question in this equation is who's calling the plays. If you're replacing the coach of the year, the two-time out of four years coach of the year play caller for the Browns with a guy that got fired midway through last season and his team got markedly better when he was gone, I don't see how you can say that this coaching staff is better. But I think it was you that said you're going to wait and see. Like, or yeah. I can't remember. Someone said yeah, we're yeah. going to wait and see. I got to wait and see. It might be better. If Ken Dorsey yeah. ends up being a perfect fit and he's calling plays and suddenly Deshaun looks like Houston Deshaun again, then they're better, even with the loss yeah. on offensive line. But that's going to be a big right. loss. There's no argument on paper that they're better. I mean, that's just silly. There's no way to argue right. that. You can't but it doesn't it. mean it couldn't turn out to be. Let's right. see. We'll wait and we'll see. All right, the, the it, next year's schedule is interesting. There is still a shot. It's a slim shot, but there's still a chance that our Cleveland Browns could actually open the season in Brazil. On a Friday night. On a Friday night <laughs> against the Philadelphia Eagles. On the plus side, if they were to do that, they would get an extra couple of days before their Week 2 game because, obviously, Friday to the next Sunday would be nine days. Um what do you guys make of that? Would that be a win? Would that be something that you wouldn't want to see? The Browns going to Brazil. I've got no problem with it. I think we, some of us used to be hung up and uptight about these out-of-USA games. I think it's cool that the NFL is doing this. I think it's exciting. 
I think there'll be a lot of energy in that game. It's an exclusive, like it's, it's we've never had a Friday night game. at it, Last year they had it at uh, Thanksgiving, but this is the first time we've had it at the beginning of the season. If you look at their possibilities, I think the Browns have a pretty good chance of being that. I'm just speculating. Mike, can you bring up that list real quick again of their opponents? Yeah. If you could, because... I look at the opponents, they're going to want it to be a, a decent game, right? I would think they would want it to be a conference game. Yeah, but a lot of times they don't want to put the division games on the road. Well, well, if you're showcasing football in right. Brazil, right. you want the Cowboys. I right. mean, you want something that they can relate to. But the league often does not put these foreign games in division games most of the time because they feel like since the teams are playing twice, it's you an unfair advantage. You don't want to lose that home crowd. Yeah, that's, exactly. You know what? I didn't think about that, so but you're right. I, I, if, if it's one out of six, the Browns are probably one of the best teams that the Eagles are playing on the road of their non-division teams. So I think there's a chance. You know, I'm, I'm would you be against it? You I'm guys a, against a, it? Mr. No, I wouldn't. Yeah. I go back to, you know, this is 25-year-old G. Bush. I'm really not thinking about the game. It's in Brazil. <laughs> you what? <laughs> you might be making a road trip. <laughs> Brazil? We don't. I'm like, I'm looking at my co- cohorts like, listen, man, yeah. we, what time we got practice? Is Steve we, Becker sending us all to uh, Brazil? Oh, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> we, and you know that. The I show mean, is backing up and we're going yeah, to let's Brazil. let's go. The scenery in Brazil is spectacular. What do you mean by the mountains? Yeah, yeah the scenery, the yeah, mountains. Yeah, the mountains the, are great. The food, uh, all that, man. It's just a nice look overall. Ha! But yeah, if the Browns Love go down it. there, hopefully they got curfew because uh, oh boy. they might need it. Yeah, there could be trouble found in Brazil. That's no doubt about that. All right, um, let's talk about this because it's the elephant in the room. If you're the Cleveland Browns, you're watching another Super Bowl, yeah. the 58th, where your team, which statistically has a 1-16 in 16 chance of going, has never gone. They, it somehow defies the odds of logic that they've never been there. And when you start looking out, say the next six, eight years, there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes that seems to have that AFC spot on lockdown. Are the Browns ever going to make it a soup, make it to a Super Bowl in the Patrick Mahomes era? <laughs> it's a tough one, boo. We've been yeah. told this for a while. It's kind of depressing. It to is. Think about. It is. You know, I, I've always said, man. You know, we talk about Operation Stockpile. What does that mean, G. Bush? You got to not only get some guys to go with what you got. You better overdo it. When you're dealing with the the level of Patrick Mahomes right now, he is on pace to become the Michael Jordan of this sport. And when when you look at Michael Jordan, what he did, you look at the top 50 all-time greatest of all time, and you look how many people didn't win no rings. Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller, Stockton, Malone, Charles Barkley, Dominique Wilkins never won during that era. Look at all the great, huge, big-time players that were there, and they didn't get nothing done except for only one reason, it's Jordan. I think Patrick Mahomes is a guy that he proved this year he can win a different type of way. He went on the road against Buffalo, went on the road against the Baltimore Ravens, and still got it done. They ran the ball more this year, and we thought it was a down year for him. And all look up, look up, lo and behold, he in the Super Bowl. Yeah, they game. are. This year made it depressing because in the past it was like, oh, they're so great. But this year it was like, ah, they're not that great. And they still got there. Right? And it's not much like it wasn't just Jordan, although he was the highlighter. Like the Jordan situation, Patrick Mahomes is not only the best quarterback, they also have the best coach. Yeah. I don't think anybody. Well, he's got an on field wingman, too, in Kelsey. Certainly. Now, that's the one thing. How many more good years could Kelsey have left? I don't know. But 
You have the best coach in the league. I don't think anybody would dispute that at this point. Well, and the gone. best quarterback in the league. I don't think anybody would dispute that at this point. It's going to be hard. He's The Chiefs, since Patrick Mahomes became the starter, are 6-3 and three in AFC Championship games and Super Bowls. I think about that. They're, most of the other teams haven't won six playoff games, period. He's six and three, and two of the three losses were to Tom Brady, who's gone. So it, 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 playing against quarterbacks that are still active, he's six and one AFC Championship games and Super Bowl. I, I expanded the question, and I know that Mike wrote the question in the Mahomes era, but my answer to that is I don't have much faith at all, and it's not really a knock on the Browns, although they've given us – enough historically to think that they'll do something to keep themselves from going. But in the Patrick Mahomes era, you're also going to have the guy that won the MVP in the league last night. For the second time. For the second time. And he's the same age as Mahomes. And you've got a guy who's either, I think he's a little bit younger than Mahomes in our division as well. So the gauntlet that the Browns have to get over to finally get to a Super Bowl you can argue, is as stiff as any team in the NFL because we have two MVP-caliber quarterbacks in our division, and in our conference, we have a guy that's widely regarded as being better than both of them. And that, and that's not including Josh Allen, Josh Allen, right. Herbert, Justin Herbert, who now has a great coach, yep. and C.J. Stroud, who looked like the best rookie quarterback we've ever seen. So uh, I'm 58, and my mantra has been one before I die. Yes. But now I'm thinking I might have to live way past 80 because I think for the next 12 <laughs> years, the quarterback situation in the AFC is it's not tough. conducive it's tough. to the Browns A-B, getting Maybe we need six receivers. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Six more. Operation Stockpile. Mike Evans and T. Higgins, you need. (laughs) All right, uh, we're going to take our first break on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, WKYC style. We're going to, at the end of the show, give you our headlines for who's going to win Super Bowl 58. We're also going to talk about next the win total for the Cleveland Guardians in 2024. Stay with us. We love Mikey McNuggets even if he can't do math. <laughs> Inside Joe, welcome fair. back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Don't forget to check out all the other Ultimate Shows. Ultimate Browns Show, Ultimate Cavs Show, Ultimate Guardian Show, Ultimate 216 Show. The Ultimate Sports Network in Cleveland is growing. All right, guys, the over-under line for the Guardians this year, yeah. 77.5. Too high, too low, just right. I think it's just right. I think they're going to be right around there. I'm hoping they'll be better. I'm going to take the over on it by a little. Wow. But I'm not overly confident. I think they're around the 500 team. The only reason I think it's slightly over is because the division is hideous. But yeah, but they're you don't not play good... as many games in the division they as you used to. They don't. That's true. That's true. It really doesn't matter, actually. But I think they're just over. They don't have the Terry Francona boost anymore. By the way, one quick, other quick thing on the Guardians. Corey Kluber announced his retirement today. Yeah. The only two-time 
Cy Young Award winner in the history of the Indians slash Guardians. He had a great career, was unfairly criticized for Game 7 of the World Series in 2016 because he was lights out the rest of the postseason. He was overworked at that point. But shout out to him on a great career. Yeah, he was a great uh, one and gave us a lot of great I memories. I ain't going to yep. take too much to your time. I got him a 75 wins. I'm going to take the under at this. Yeah. Guess what? Listen, they got a great young pitching staff. I like what they got over in the pitching staff. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be Lineup's tough. trash. Slim pickings at the uh, outfield position as far as power goes. Yeah, I have them under. And it, uh, so let's just look at what they did last year. They finished just under 500. Uh, Tito's gone. Yeah. Tito, to me, was worth a handful of wins, but probably more than most managers in baseball. Uh, nothing against the new guy. Steven Vogt seems to be fine. Everybody likes him. We don't know him yet. Yeah. Uh, what did they do to upgrade? Uh, nothing. Nothing? No. So if you were under 500 and you won 80 last year and you've lost Tito and you did nothing to get better, I love the Guardians going out there in a little while to cover them in spring training. I have them in the under, and I think I would probably, even if it was 75, be under that. The I only think it's going to be a long year. The only reason I, I went a little higher and I got them finishing 81 and 81, dead even 500, wow, okay. is because they did have a lot of injuries last year, especially to their pitching staff. They did. If the, I think the law of averages, the pitching staff, the pitching staff is good enough. Is but good enough. Here's a question, Bull. Yeah. Is Bieber going to be here? Is Klasse, to start the season? Is Klasse going to be here? I think at this point they probably both will be to start the season. Now, I don't if, know. if you tell me they're both gone in a week, then I'm going under. As, as well, a, that's easy. But as of today, I say they're 81 and 81. As an organization, I always think that they did a really good job of getting people. I think attendance was up last year. Attendance has been it up. It was. And, and now, but they did some gimmicky things to get it up. Yes. Now, how do you, how do you rebrand yourself? Because Tito is good only for a couple. He's good for some wins, but he's good for people being in seats too. I think so. So how do you go about rebranding yourself if you don't didn't bring anybody in and you got a new manager? It's a good question. The brand that I have for the Guardians this year is they're in a rebuild. And that's never good for attendance. And also the other thing on that, if Bieber and Class A start the season with the Guardians, there's a very good chance neither finishes the season. Well, I don't want to say very good chance. Yeah. There is a chance. They're both chips, mm-hmm. and they're going to be suitors for both. True. Every great team needs a great closer. Class A punches that ticket. Every great team could use a front-of-the-rotation quality guy like Bieber in a pennant race. So I well, think they'll be sellers as they were last year at the trade deadline. And that could tank the well, second half of their he, season. This is Bieber's last year on the contract. It is. So, so he's he, going to get traded at a deadline unless they're surprisingly good. Right. Class A, they got for a bunch of years, so it's not a guarantee. They However, do. it's the closer is really the one position where their value in the trade market is higher during the season. Because yes. teams know where they are in the bullpen, and if sure. they feel like they're a World Series contender and just missing a closer, they will pay and a lot. And like the Mets last year, you could have an injury. That's right. And then you, you need to go out and get someone. Yeah. All right, we're taking our second break. When we come back, it's pre-written headlines ahead of Super Bowl 58. Who wins? How do they do it? We tell you all you need to know when we come back. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. It is pre-written headlines ahead of Super Bowl 58. Next week, we'll give you lottery numbers before they're drawn. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a great segment? All right, here's mine. Gosh, I thought about this for so long, and I talked myself in and out of this pick twice. But in the end, I'm going with the 49ers because that's who I had at the beginning of the season. And here's my headline. Pretty good after all. That's good. Niners slow Mahomes goat race with 24-20 win. I love this San Francisco defense. And I also want to be able to say, I coming into next year, yeah, we beat them. <laughs> we beat the Super Bowl champs. Ah, ulterior motive, Jay. Yeah, so I, there is a little bit of that. G, yeah. what do you got? Uh, in, my, in my Lee Corso voice, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> All right. Rarefied air, ground game, not air raid, leads the Chiefs to another Lombardi trophy. I think Pacheco has a touchdown on the ground. Um, I also think that Kelsey gets in the end zone, but I think it's, it's the new improved Kansas City Chiefs. They do it a different way, but the same thing prevails. Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes, this was tough to beat, Bull. All right, Anthony screwed up my headline. He changed it because <laughs> I was doing mine in a reference to a movie. I'm sure you guys have seen 48 Hours with Eddie Murphy. Of course, one of the greats. And there's a line where he goes into the redneck bar and he goes, there's a new sheriff in town, and his name is Reggie Hammond. Yeah, I remember. Well, mine was, there's a new goat in town, and his name is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes rallies Chiefs with late touchdown to grab his third ring. Anthony was doing some homage to something else that I don't know what he was new- doing. Yeah, in town. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. He had a picture of somebody. It has to do with some comedian or something. That yeah, I don't know the goat is in reference to Tom Brady, yes. and that'll be another discussion if he does win this oh, one. Oh yeah, where is he? Because Brady has seven. That's true. That's going to be tough to beat. All right. So McNuggets, my initial headline was almost word for word Bulls. It was a little more creative, but I had to change it when I saw <laughs> Bulls. So here's my new headline. Mine's 2.0. Not creative, Mike? How about a modern day miracle? 49ers blow a 29 to three lead. Oh. Mahomes leads game-winning drive and surpasses Brady in McNuggets' personal record book as the GOAT. I love your reference, too, because yeah. once upon a time, Shanahan blew a 28-3 lead yep. when he was Move the O coordinator Brady. in Atlanta. Mahomes bigger, come from behind, win. You're better. This team isn't built to do that, though. This, this Chiefs team. Like, if they get down big... They were not the past crazy offense this year. I still wouldn't bet against them. No, I know I feel crazy, and I could easily be talked out of my pick, but right now I picked the Niners at the start of the year. I got to stick with them. And by the way, if the Chiefs do win the Super Bowl this year, I wouldn't count out the chances of Mahomes winning seven. No, I wouldn't either. He'd be more than halfway there, and he's not halfway through his career yet. All right, we'll see you again Monday. Enjoy the Super Bowl. See ya. Peace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.